Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. Today, Ann is joined by Phil Carlson, KCSA's own Managing Director of Investor Relations. Phil heads up KCSA's cannabis practice and is filling in for Lewis. This week's guest needs little introduction. He's an actor, musician, comedian, all-around entertainer, but he's also deep in the cannabis business. With a nearly 100-acre farm in the heart of Oregon's beautiful banana belt, he's getting his hands in the dirt and producing some of the most talked-about cannabis in the state with brands like Captain Jack, the Blues Brothers, Good Ugly Weed, and, well, this gives it away, Belushi's Secret Stash. You may have already guessed who we're talking about, the one, the only, Jim Belushi. Now on to the conversation. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today on The Green Rush. We're really excited to have you. Um, You know... As most of our, and happy almost birthday, because in stalking you, we realized that uh, your birthday is the 15th, mine's the 14th, so. Oh, happy, happy, wow. happy birthday to both of you. Yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think most of our listeners know uh, your background as an actor, musician, performer, um, but we really wanted to talk about your cannabis background. What brought you to the plant, and how did you decide that it would not only be a part of your life, but a part of your career? Well, I, you know, uh, you know, I was an old hippie in high school and, you know, I smoked that ragweed, 5%, 6% uh, THC. Uh, I did all kinds of things in high school. I was a juvenile delinquent. I smoked pot. I actually got a busted a couple of times for, for some pot. Actually, one time I got busted and it wasn't pot. We thought it was pot. We went to Indiana because there's a lot of there's a lot of pot growing in Indiana. And we went and we <laughs> cut weeds and we baked it. We didn't know what we were doing. Actual anyway, weeds. We busted like dandelions. They were just I don't know what they were, man. I, I look at five leaves. Well, this one has three. Well, I we didn't know what we were doing. And then I, I really didn't do much cannabis after that. Uh, I never, I never did any kind of uh, drinking or smoking or anything to interfere with my acting because my acting was my healing and my joy and my euphoria. Um, and then uh, I came to Oregon to visit a friend, a billionaire friend down the river, and he had thirty-five hundred acres on the Rogue River, and our kids were the same age. So it was a family thing. And then one day I went into the river, skimmy dipping, and I came out and I went, you know, I should find a place here. So I found this old Elks picnic grounds along the river. And it took me three years to get it. Long story, but I'm not going to go into that. But I got it and I've reinvented it. And then the farm came up behind me. Uh, Becca, who's the sweetest. She was like a sister to me. I just fell in love with her. And she passed, and she wanted me to have it. <clears throat> and I take care of her husband with the, on the farm. 
and I have a farm. And uh, cannabis became legal that year in Oregon. And I went, wow, it's a new agriculture. Let's try that. And I started with a little medical grow and just grew from there. And uh, so it started off as just kind of a farming exercise. And this plant, these beautiful feminine energy of love and healing, I have just kind of been following it. And they have led me to veterans on the street, to women who had, you know, 86 bones broken in their body. And this is, they're off of opioids. And this is the only thing that helps them. To people on the street who can't manage their screaming. And they just scream. And I thought, God, if I could just get that person an edible, it would at least stop the screaming. Because I really believe we all are screaming inside. I mean, this COVID thing has made us all scream. But most of us can manage it. And there's people out there that can't manage it. And I think cannabis is a great medicine to help manage those rushes of uh the endocannabinoid system, just the energy rushes that go through your body, make you scream. And so it's good medicine. Doesn't hurt and always helps. You know, you can't die of an overdose. You can't, you know, it doesn't screw up your liver. It doesn't, it's just a beautiful medicine. And so I get deeper and deeper into the, uh, the generosity of this plant. It just keeps leading me. It led me to Steve D'Angelo, which now I'm part of the last prisoner project I'm on the board, which is an amazing project. Yeah, talk about yeah. that a little bit more. Yeah, wow, did you, oh, I was gonna say, how and why did you get involved with Steve in, in the last prisoner project? Well, I met Steve a few years ago and I told him I had to grow and that I was gonna uh, do the Blues Brothers, you know, and he just kind of turned away. To him, it was like, oh, another actor wanting a licensing deal to make money. And I went, no, Blues Brothers is a brand. It's 42 years old. Uh, I mean, 40 years old. It represents music, mischievousness, and a mission from God. It's not just a pretty box with a name on it. I said, I grow it. I'm, I'm turning the soil. I just turned the soil Monday. We planted, uh, you know, four more rows. I, you know, I use soil that's that's mixed with perlite and mulch, and we put a little nutrient in it. We, we rototill it. We put the irrigation on. We keep the soil at 64 degrees because that is where the roots really like to absorb the micronutrients. I mean, I, I, I'm a grower, see. And then when I said that it was a real brand, he turned around and said to me, let's have lunch sometime. So I went to Oakland, had lunch with him. We had long talks. And he was like, he's like a mentor to me. And then he, a, a venue fell apart on him in LA. And he said, can we use your house for this dinner, this benefit? And I said, sure. And it was the last prisoner project. And then I just got sucked into that too. 
And it's just a beautiful mission. And uh, so I'm working with him on that. So I, I, I just get led to great spiritual things. It's beautiful. How much of your time now is cannabis, is the farm, is the last prisoner project? I mean, you are a busy guy. Um, so how much time? Well, does you know, this take it's up? not a busy time in my industry because everything. Oh, also true. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it's allowed me time, you know, but I'm also not, uh, listen, there was a period of time, 10, 15 years and I was doing three movies a year and television shows for eight years and working every day and I'm never getting rest. So I did according to Jim and then in the summer I did Broadway and then the next fall I came back and did another series and I, I've never had a moment. And so now that this farming started, I started making room for this because I'm truly finding who I am, being closer to the ground, uh, working on something that has magic. I'm, you know, I, I, I've said this before, I'm a magic chaser. I chase the magic. <laughs> So I'm an improvisational actor, and when you're improvising in front of an audience with, with your cohorts, there's magic that happens. I, I saw my brother John with Harold Ramis and Joe Flaherty at Second City in 1971. In that room, I sat and watched that show, and I saw magic. And I went, I want some of that magic. So I did Second City, and the magic of Saturday Night Live. And the magic when you act with somebody, when things come together, you know, magic with a partner, magic. And there is so much magic in cannabis that I'm just chasing the magic. And I get led right to it. I get led to Steve D'Angelo. I get led to these veterans in Oregon. I get led to the last prisoner project. I get led to beautiful people that really, most of the people in our industry come from that soulful place of healing. And then business comes in. <laughs> so well, it's, it's always a, been that pull between the, the suits and the stoners, right? And, you know, you yeah, kind of... Yeah, acting too in the movies. It's like, you know, you do commercial stuff, you do artistic stuff, but everything should have a message. Everything needs to have good context. You know, it, it's it's show business, you know, and it's cannabis business, mm -hmm. medicine yeah. business. So there is a business aspect around this that's, you know, it's finding its way. So, Jim, Ann and I, you know, going off to Second City stuff here, Ann and I actually, we saw you speak at the Benzinga conference last year in Chicago. Oh. And you yeah. And you showed an expert from a show you were creating about the farm and the harvest. Uh, can you talk about that? Is it finished? You know, where can people find it? The show is finished. Um, we still got to do a little more mixing and a little color correction. Uh, but the first two episodes are mixed and color corrected. We got four more episodes to do that, too. Um, it's six half-hour episodes. It's called Growing Belushi. <laughs> Originally, we called it the Dope in Oregon, which was kind of funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, and I thought the episode should be called the Dope in Oregon. So I think the first episode's called the Dope in Oregon. Um, I, I just think the word dope might turn off some of my demo, you know, just seeing that word dope, you know. 
Or did you find that like when you, so when you started and you've been very vocal, um, you know, about, about this work that you're doing and about the plant, um, and you're very moving when, when you talk about it, have you seen, um, people come and say like, Oh, I, you know, I, I, I've always been a big fan, but I just can't, this isn't my thing or has not it been? One. No. Okay. Not one. Yeah. I'm, I, I think maybe one comment out of 10,000 comments on the Instagram, yeah. You know, saying this is the devil's thing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but no, not one. I mean, uh, so my mother-in-law's 80. Her boyfriend is 84. I went to dinner to their house. My wife was out of town. She thought, you know, I would be lonely. I go, no, I would like to be a little lonely. <laughs> uh, she invited me over dinner, and there was another couple, 79, 83, another couple, Stan, Stan Rosen. He's 84, and his wife was 80, and me. And these people have Fox News on 24 hours a day, loud. And, I mean, I'm in a conservative group of people. I mean, I showered, I comb my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actor. I can be fine. I can mm -hmm. act. I can do a two-hour performance. All they wanted to talk about was CBD. Tell me, Jim, because my shoulder hurts, my, my hands, I can't move my hands right now, and, and I don't like the medicine that they're giving me because it makes me sleepy. Tell me, what is this, what is this, what is this, what is this, what is THC, what is this? You know, and it's like all of a sudden I'm talking about it, and then in the middle of dinner I went home to my pharmacy, and I brought all these ointments, mm -hmm. and the one woman, God bless her, 80 years old, I want the stuff that helps you have fun. So I gave her some of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they sent me bottles of wine and champagne and asked if they get some more. And his hand, he can golf again with the salve I gave him. Uh, and That's great. So I, well, my point is that red, blue, it doesn't matter. We all have one thing in common. That's medicine. Yeah. And, and that demographic is among the fastest growing demographic. I think we all have those stories of our parents and parents, friends calling us. Um, and it is truly bipartisan. I mean, there is, it, it, I mean, it's one of those issues where it's near universal at this point. Um, I mean, not near universal, but, but. The point of my show is like, first of all, on my show, nobody's getting stoned. Yeah. Right. It's not one of those comedies where people are like, hey, man, you know, yeah. This is a farm. These are workers. This we're in trouble with mites. We're in trouble with aphids. We, we, we're the commodity. The price in Oregon went down. I'm trying to get a bigger price. Uh, we go to Columbia in it for two episodes, looking for some land race streams. We're trying to get the Blues Brothers IP, uh, and I do these little educational pods in them. One on THC CBD. One on edibles and one on vaping and they're just pure educational and i think the audience just it's like jim he seems like a nice guy he seems all right well maybe it's not so bad and then i'm gonna say okay two and a half grams of an edible start with that it'll help you sleep get off that ambient Get off that Xanax. You need a little bit more. Five milligrams is like a warm hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, here, here, 
you know, uh, start there, start slow, wait. Uh, vape pens, very good too. This is dislocate, this is full spectrum. This is how this is how the pen works. You know, take fill your mouth down, blow half, let half in, see how you feel. Um, this one to one. There's you know 90%. Look at the packaging. Do not buy pens off the internet or on the street. Mm-hmm. Only license right. register dispensaries because they have testing, testing, testing. Yeah. So you know, so people like Stan and my mother-in-law, they're like, oh, okay. I yeah, I might try that because I don't sleep well. Uh I you know, my knee hurts. Uh and my Stan goes, and my wife bugs the hell out of me. I said, well, I have a great string called Cherry Pie, which I call the marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he goes, she goes, he needs that, you know. Anyway, I go on. I'm so excited about this subject. So. Well, that's, you know, I actually had plantar fasciitis for two years, and I couldn't shake it for the life of me. I had shots of cortisone, I was taking opioids, nothing worked whatsoever. And I was actually out with a colleague of mine. We were actually in Oregon visiting a client and I was hobbling around his warehouse and he's like, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, I have plantar fasciitis, I can't get rid of it. And he goes, take full spectrum CBD, take it for two weeks and it'll be gone. And I'm like, there's no way. And he's like, trust me. So he gave me some, you know, to buy over the internet, which I did and after the first week, I'm like, this stuff isn't working. I'm like, I, you know, I spent a hundred bucks on this. After the second week, I got up out of bed and my wife's like, what happened to your foot? Everything's gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, it's gone. So after that, I was a full, you know, firm believer in CBD. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I believe that the CBD, you know, I think it needs a little bit of THC in it for the entourage effect to really boost the CBD healing properties. Uh, but I think everybody should start off with pure CBD and then kind of escalate a little bit. Well, but yeah, CBD, you, you yeah, hear those stories over, over and over and over and over, and it's and they're beautiful stories, and that's why the movement is just moving so rapidly. You know. Yeah. By the way, I think the you know. The, all the politicians should try CBD and go, oh, I get it now. You know? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think they should try a little bit more than just CBD, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> can we, so I, I want to shift to, um, you know, you talked about uh, cherry pie and, and that's your, you know, strain of choice when, you know, when you consume. Um, can we talk about brand building in this industry? Because it is so hard um, because of the of the regulations. I mean, you, you know this better than anyone. Can you tell us how you've built and continue to build your brands um, and where can people find them? Well, I'm, I'm And do you a, have a favorite? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm an actor, so I study my characters. I mean, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis studies his character for a year and then shoots the movie. I've been studying this character for three years, and it just gets deeper and deeper. And branding, I'm using Oregon as kind of my, I love it here, and I love the industry here. I mean, it's it, Oregon is the great state of cannabis. I mean, the cannabis here is, I mean, 
right where I am right now is the middle of the banana belt where the sun and the water and the length of the days just grow the greatest outdoor. Um, uh, I get, I got, I, my head went into the river there for a minute. What was the question? So just building oh, a brand. brand. Yeah. So I, used and Oregon, yeah. I used Oregon as my kind of uh, experimental ground. This is where I've done all my learning. Uh, I, I have 38 dispensaries in Oregon. That's all I want. It's a boutique farm. I have great relationships with them. I visit each and every one of those dispensaries. I mean, today, after this, my cousin and I are going to deliver to three dispensaries personally. I do that all the time. And I talk to the bud tenders, the owners, the customers, I take photographs. And so I am doing, you know, footwork on understanding the consumer and products. And I have tested out all the Blues Brothers boxes. I've made changes. I've tested it. We tested on the code. So this is my kind of regional testing market. Uh, so I'm set with my branding and my labeling, and I'm ready, and I know what kind of skews. But branding itself is not just a pretty box with a cool name. Yeah. I think yeah. branding is all about the why, the authenticity, and the transparency of what you're doing. So... I've learned to grow. I've learned to, I've learned to cure, trim, package, sell, uh, soil. I'm doing it all and enjoying their minute. So I think I bring authenticity to the product. I'm not just a celebrity trying to take make ten percent on a licensing deal. Uh, I think that's important to branding, the transparency and the authenticity. I think the why. It's got to have meaning, and I think the Blues Brothers does bring that meaning. The brand is an international brand it, that always brought joy. Right. Mischievous. The music resonates in you. Mm-hmm. And for me, the mission of God is not getting the $5,000 for a penguin. The mission from God is, let's if we read <laughs> the Blues Brothers, okay, the penguin would be in a children's hospital. Right. And these kids would be having seizures and in pain and they're on drugs. And the penguin says to the Blues Brothers, go out and legalize marijuana in this state so I can get the CBD and these products to my kids. And that would be the mission from God. So branding as there's a mission involved here. And then there's also on the side personally, uh, you know, my brother John died of a drug overdose. I've said this before, and I really believe it. And Danny's the one who said it to me. He said, you know, Jimmy, if Johnny was a pothead, he'd be alive today. I was like, yeah. yeah. But cannabis was thought of as a drug back then. Well, there's a war on drugs going on back then. There still right. is. Yeah. So I, I believe that the, the opiate problem is... is terrible and the people on the streets in portland are, that are screaming I, i'm trying to find a way to get cannabis and i'm working with some people now that the state and the and portland the olcc to create this dispensary right in that area in portland the old town area 
where it's pay what you can. Mm. So you can pay 35 cents, we give it to you. But also because I can bring attention to it, it's also be kind of a tourist place. So if you can pay $10 for the gram, know that that money is going to these people literally outside the door down the street. And I believe that it's a, it's a charitable organization. And I believe that most charities, you have to have benefits every year to raise money just to keep it going. This one is self-sustaining. And if it works in Portland, and by the way, it'll be one of the episodes of the show to help bring this attention to it. If it works, this could go in Los Angeles and New, New Orleans and Kansas City and Chicago and Akron, Ohio and New Jersey. I mean, I just believe if we can quiet their screaming that the noise level in their heads may go down and they may go, oh, I haven't talked to my cousin in seven years. Reach out to a family member. Oh, I can't afford the alcohol, but I can afford this. And it's taking my PTSD down. Oh, I feel better. I'm not so depressed. Oh, it's a start yeah. for them to start going to the next step. And then hopefully there's enough money to even begin doing some counseling outside of the dispensary. So anyway, that's my vision. I haven't gotten there quite yet. COVID kind of put a stop to the... <laughs> Momentum, but uh, we're going to start literally next week. So you, you mentioned Danny, um, and your partner in crime, and some of this is Dan Aykroyd. Talk to us about that relationship and how he fits into the business. <laughs> well, when I started growing, I told him about it. And he went, oh, Jimmy, you should meet Captain Jack. And I said, wow, well, Captain Jack, I know Captain Jack. Ah, uh, yes, Jimmy. Ah, uh, you've got to get his strain. That's one of the most beautiful strains I've ever had. Uh, Captain, J Captain Jack was the weed dealer at SNL in the 70s. Captain Jack was known as the smell of SNL. <laughs> the hallways were filled, and talk about skunky weed. I mean, I mean, it's got four or five percent terpenes in it. Okay, he got this seed from the mountains of Masharif in Afghanistan in seventy-one, seventy-two, and he's been growing it from seed to flower ever since. And that was the creative spark that those guys were smoking to write that shit. I said, so that's where you got cone heads. He goes, ah. Oh, well, I think there was a combination of me and Captain Jack in that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm growing Captain Jack as the smell of SNL. Uh, so Danny had that influence. Danny's in the TV show. Um, and he's promoting, you know, he loves the medicine. He promotes it. He, he believes, like I do, there wouldn't be as much death if people were smoking pot, not doing drugs or or alcohol. I mean, I I look at my glass of wine the other night. And I had a little whiskey the other night. I'm not saying that alcohol is poison, but it can be poison and kills a lot of people and breaks up and collapses a lot of families. 
you know, you've talked about cannabis playing different roles in, in people's lives, um, you know, and, and you uh, have said that you're a microdoser, I, me too, and I'm an edible person. Um, so, but a lot of people are using it for medical reasons, and you've been really vocal that there's a role for it, like you said, with people who struggle with opioid addiction. Um, what would you like to see coming from, you know, the federal government in terms of, you know, studies, or I guess what's the next logical step in order to get to where you want to be, where, you know, you can, this is something that's affordable, um, that there's no shame in it, that um, it's actually seen as medicine. Where do, what do you think we need to do to get there? Well, the first thing we need to do is release everybody that's in jail for for being arrested for marijuana. There's men in jail for 17 years that got busted in New Orleans for, you know, jazz musician for having, you know, a bag of pot. And he had a family with three kids and a wife, and it totally collapsed that family. There's men and women in prison for something that's legal right now. And I think the first thing is to get those people that are suffering and those families back together. That's what I really believe. Mm -hmm. The federal government is, you know, they'll come along. I think they're coming along and I think they will. And I think what will happen will happen. I eventually believe that, you know, that SAFE Act will come and the banking will be open and that there's money involved and there's taxes involved and, most of the states believe in it, and you can have an opt-out if you want, but they should federally legalize it and, and decriminalize it, you know, move it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 15, whatever, you know, because it's it helps ever and hurts never. Well, we, we had uh, one of your congressmen on, Earl Blumenauer, a couple of weeks ago, and there's no better advocate, really, um, at least in the House, um, for 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 all of this that that's happening right now. And he's working to ensure that, you know, businesses that are, that are now deemed essential, um, you know, are able to get some of the, the federal relief afforded, you know, from the PPP and all of this other stuff. Um, do you think, uh, you know, there, I, there's such a place for Oregon leadership here. Um, do, where do you think other states can be learning from what you guys are doing in Oregon? Oh, I don't know, because I'm not in those states. I, I can't speak to their compliance and their laws very well. I mean, uh, they're all just separate silos. And that's the other thing about the brand. And you, it's hard to get a national brand because each state has its own compliance. I mean, Illinois is difficult because you can only sell what you grow and in the dispensary and it's and they're selling every gram so how do we even brand anything because we just put it out there and sell it and then there's states like california and oregon where i could be an independent grower and sell to anybody so there's so many different things going on in each state um so it's hard for me to comment on that yeah. uh, on other states i mean oregon has always been uh kind of a leader in things and uh, they, and and I got to tell you, the OLCC, the Regulatory Commission, you know, Steve Marks, who runs that, these guys are not our enemy. You know, everybody resents authority, you know, oh, the OLCC. I go, no, 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 man. When I got my license, I said to Steve, thank you for trusting me. And I'm going to honor you for honoring me with this license. We are partners. 
And I don't steal a dime from my partner. And I don't break our covenant and our rules. And you're my partner, and they have been great. You call them with a problem. They tell you how to solve it. Uh, they're a little slow on getting licenses out, but they're working on that. They, they're always concerned about, I mean, his, his biggest concern is there's a law here where you can only buy 27 grams, but the people who need the medicine, they want to make their RSO oil on it, out of it. And they need more than 27 mm -hmm. grams in order to make that oil. So how do we get the medical people able to buy more at a medical price in order for them to make their medicine for their cancer or their they're, you know, um, the diseases that they're suffering from. So the government here is always working to try to help. So I'm, I'm pleased with them. So are, are you just going to stick to Oregon or are you going to look at expanding out to other states? Well, I'm in the process now. Of, I'm ready. My TV show will probably be launched in the fall. Uh, Greg, my great partner in this, CEO, uh, we have uh, we are negotiating with many different uh, multi-state <laughs> operators, uh, uh, chocolates uh, um, makers, uh, Bang Chocolate, which is a great, great chocolate, and I've been through them all. Um, although I like Kiva in California, too. They do a nice job. She's really good. And Wild up here does really great gummies. Anyway, um, so we're in the process of doing that, getting set up in every state that we want to be in. All my packaging is done. All my sales stuff is done. My deck is done. All the you know, so it's been a slow build, and I think by fall, late summer, fall will be out with the Blues Brothers and the Belushi Secret Stash and Captain Jack. And I got another I got another brand that I really like called Good Ugly Weed. <laughs> it's, just, it's just cheap, good weed. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. And that is going to be, that's also going to be a brand that, that expands? Uh, yes. Yeah, all, all four of them. Blues Brothers, a Belushi Secret Stash, Captain Jack, Good Ugly Weed. Nice. So um, you've been so generous with your time. I have one more question for you. I know music is is so part of your life um, and you're such a talented musician, but I also read somewhere that that you sing to your plants. Or, is that true? Don't you mind <laughs> in your face. Don't you mind you grinning in your face, Lord. Just keep food is a mind. A true friend is hard to find. And don't you mind a people grinning in your face? Good old gospel music when we harvest. Because I want the girls to know that they're going into the light. So we bring gospel music. And during the day, I mean, I sing, I play harmonica for them, but I have sonos in there. So in the morning, you know, we play some, like, especially when they're young, like right now, like the girl that works with me, she thinks I'm goddamn nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, Amanda, Amanda, put Marvin Gaye on. I'm on Petty, Marvin Gaye, uh, Pendergrass, 
I want Barry White. I want all that love, baby, sweet music for them to wake up to. And then I said, in the afternoon, we'll go a little reggae, reggae, reggae. Around four, let's hit them with some R&B, some blues. And then, again, as they get older, we start playing a little more gospel for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they love the gospel, you know, because they, they, they know Jesus is in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, your harvest parties have become kind of epic, right? And it's, it's this mass integration of, um, you know, you can tell you're so passionate, but of the culture and of the music and of the plant. So, um, well, I, well, you, I, just, you just listed yeah. the whole marketing thing. Yeah. You know, mischievousness, the fun, the music, and the mission from God. And that's the why in the branding. It's, it's, and that's why Steve D'Angelo went, we should have lunch sometimes. <laughs> because he goes, he said, you're the only one that gets it. Out of the celebrities, you get it. Well, you're one of the few that are, your hands are in the earth. You, you own the grow, you know, you're, you're a far, a true farmer. You're not, you know, like, like you said, licensing it out. Um, so, I mean, you're, that just shows a, a, a true investment. Where do you see yourself in five years to ask the, the, yeah, the interview I always, question? I always love that question. <laughs> I guess I could never answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think people in 2015 would be five years no so? idea. No idea. Uh, I no idea. No I know I'm like, yeah. I know this yeah. will be a little a little wider. <laughs> uh, There's gonna I be more wrinkles. Be yeah. And yeah. I hope I'm uh, healing and feeling love and getting love and celebrating, you know, joyous times. And you know, self-discovery is the way to be, you know, so, and this leads you to self-discovery too. Well, I, I love it. Um, and I have not tried any of your, of your weed yet. I have not been up to Oregon in probably about a year. So I'm excited to get back up there. Um, we'll have to go. Yeah. Field trip. Cherry pie, marriage counselor. You know, I mean, <laughs> look, at, I'm all about the entourage effect. Yeah. The combination of the high terpenes, some CBD, and about an 18 to 19% THC. That entourage effect, there's no paranoia. Mm-hmm. You're right. just super cool. I mean, my wife literally goes, aren't you being charming? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, nah, it's the cherry pie. It's not me. <laughs> Maybe it is me. It's the, it's the best version of you. Yeah, you, thank you. Mm-hmm. You can have that. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, the black diamond OG that I have is is what the the veterans here really like. I mean, oh really? I, well, you know, I do dispensary visits, and they have these long lines in the parking lot, and I go in, and then I talk to them, show them the weed, and take p- photographs. But I was walking one time, and there was a skinny guy, long hair, blue eyes, little beard skinny and I, I kind of try to touch everybody before I go in not anymore well but yeah. you know <laughs> but you know shake their hand to see inside thanks for coming you know and then I go in and this guy just stared at me and I stopped I went man you are right and he said uh I was a, a vet in Iraq I mean a medic in Iraq and I 
saw things that happened to the human body that nobody should ever witness. And I have, they tell me I have three PTSDs. I don't know what that means, but like, I guess PTSD in a big way. And he goes, I have a wife and I've got two kids and I have a hard time talking to them and I can't sleep and I'm not taking those pills anymore. And your black diamond OG is the only strain that calms me to a place where I can talk to my children and I sleep. And he kind of teared up a little bit and he hugged me and I said, man, I, I I didn't make this, you know? He goes, no, but you're the steward. And that was the paradigm shift for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right after that, every dispenser I went to, all of a sudden there were veterans in wheelchairs. There were, they were coming and they were, and the vets particularly like the, the BDOG. And then, you know, that it, it, each strain that I have has different, kinds of places but that i call that assisted living <laughs> that's amazing well what is it about the black diamond do you think that it's a i mean the crystals on it it's like white you know it looks like snowflakes almost so right. it's a, the calyx of the bud is nice and thick which also we have problems with mold if we don't take it out in time but it's a higher THC. The terpene levels aren't as high as uh, the cherry pie, but I think, I don't know. There's something about the combination with the OG in there that just, it's much more of an indica. It's a body move. So I think it relaxes the nerves. I have a friend of mine, Johnny Wheels, who I do concerts with, who's in a wheelchair. He had a swimming accident when he was 12. And he's paralyzed from the chest down. And he's in a TV show. We jammed together with me, him, and Danny. That's cool. And uh, he likes the chocolate hash berry because he can't control his legs. And they they move on him. And the chocolate hash berry stops it. So he he likes it for that. So everybody has their medicine that they pick. You know? So how many different strains do you have then? Uh, well, the majority of them, uh, I have about six strains, but then I have about six other strains. Uh, I have this Jeffrey Iverson who does uh, out of Bend, who's uh, got beautiful, more um, more sativa, high. They're all about terpenes here, really high in terpenes. I got bubble mint, I got lemon chiffon, I got this one Nilla wafer from him that we grow into very well with uh and then i went to in the tv show i go to columbia and i got four seeds down there i got the santa mata gold the punta rojo which is the sister seed to panama red uh i got the mango biche which is huge limonene um terpenes in it and i got a new one on a farmer that i met that he said it would be an honor if you had our seeds and i i tried it down there and it was like Captain Jack stuff. Uh, but it's a hybrid 
So land race strains usually have a little lower THC levels, but this was a hybrid, so it had a higher THC, but great terpenes. And so I have four new ones that I'm experimenting with, and then along with Captain Jack. So yeah, I got a farm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, growing, I'm growing pumpkins. I'm growing tomatoes and peppers. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, before, not not yeah. to sell, but for the kitchen, you know. But did, before you moved to Oregon, did you have any farming experience at all? I have a memory. My father owned a restaurant in Chicago and... On Saturday, we would drive into the farmland from our house. In between was farmland. We'd go to this farm. And he was very friendly with the farmer. And we'd go out into the field, and you can get a bushel of tomatoes for a dollar. And my dad and I would pick these tomatoes, and the farmer would help us. He He liked my dad. And he carried a salt shaker with him. Oh, Adam, look at this, you know. He'd clean it, and we'd, and we'd eat tomatoes, the best tasting tomatoes ever. And that moment of that I share with my dad and on that farm is maybe I'm chasing that moment of magic. Hmm. Magic chaser. I love that. Keep chasing the magic. Thank you. <laughs> This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. You're so generous. Well, I'm sorry, with your time. I'm talking too much because no, I we love it. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, we're excited for your brand. We want really good things for you. Um, good luck with with what's happening with COVID and and everything. We hope uh, we hope everything kind of gets restarted for you soon, um, and come back in a couple months. See where you guys are. I would love to come back when we do the official launch, and maybe with the TV show too. That would be great. You maybe got it we, anytime. Yeah. And keep us posted on that harvest party. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun man talk about magic right on the river the sun coming over i mean it's gorgeous i bet that sounds fantastic i mean i'm in la portland is a really easy flight not that I'll i'm inviting not that i'm inviting on the myself. next flight out from new jersey there you go yeah well it's usually the end of september beginning of october we'll see about this year but danny comes i get the band johnny wheels plays uh the cattlemen's association Really? They serve the meat. And if you know this beef is good, if it's coming from the Calumet's Association. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we just have a ball. We throw hatchets, we play horseshoes, bocce ball, baseball. It's fun. It's, and the guy, uh, John Demick, the guy for Calumet's Association, you know, Oregon guy, older guy, you would think is conservative kind of guy, right? He slices the beef for everybody. And he turned to me and he goes, this, I've done weddings and I've done all kinds of celebrations with this. And I have to say, Jim, this is the nicest group of people I've ever served. Really? And I said, yeah. I said, they're all That's great. They're all lovely. You know, anyway, I'm going to go. Love it. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 
Our thanks to Jim Belushi. Check out what he's doing at belushisfarm.com. And they also have an excellent social media channel um, on Instagram at Belushi's Farm. Um, and we'll make sure to, to update you guys on when his show um, is uh, running, where it's running, where you can find it or download it. As always, thanks for listening. If you want to chat with us, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore green rush or on Instagram at the green rush underscore podcast or drop us an email at green rush at kcsa.com. We're always looking for feedback and guest ideas. Don't forget to subscribe to the green rush in your favorite podcatcher. That's one take Shay. One take.